Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh is the Word podcast, the podcast about music, pro wrestling, and MMA. I'm your host, Kay Fresh, and we have a great show like always, but before we get into it, I definitely want to just remind you how you can support the podcast. Uh, you can go to freshisthepodcast.com and share any of the links that are on the website and on your social medias. That would help out greatly. There is a link on the website that says support the podcast, and uh, if you go there... Uh, there is a PayPal link you can donate to. And there's also an Amazon link that if you ever buy anything on Amazon, use that link. And they will uh, shoot back a little uh, commission my way. That will definitely help out the podcast. And you can also follow Fresh is the Word on Instagram and Twitter at Fresh is the Word 1. That's Fresh is the Word number 1. And also on Facebook at facebook.com slash fresh is the podcast. Give us a like and uh, share some things on our uh, on our Facebook page. That'd be really, really cool. And you can also subscribe to Fresh is the Word on Stitcher and on iTunes. Just uh, search Fresh is the Word and it should pop up. Hit the subscribe button and it'll automatically download each week for you. And also, you can, uh, if you feel like it, you know, rate us on both of those uh, platforms. Give us five stars and uh, some cool little comments. I'll read them if I uh, see that you made any comments. That would be great. It would definitely help out the podcast. We're still getting a lot of good feedback, a lot of good listens from the Chris Jericho podcast uh, two weeks ago. I actually went and saw Fozzie at the machine shop in Flint last night, and it was fantastic. It was so much fun. It was just rock and roll. It was so much fun. And Flint was so awesome that at the end of the night, Flint, Michigan made the list. That was awesome. 
Now let's get on to this week's episode. Uh, unfortunately, just due to uh, scheduling conflicts, we're not going to have the regular discussion portion of the podcast later on in the episode with V-Styles. Uh, we were both busy this week, so we just couldn't, you know, get things, you know, on, you know, we couldn't get the a right time down. So I was just like, you know what, let's just skip it this week. I'm, I got a million things to do. But the thing is, the the interview that I was going to use this week was pretty long, so it's not like it's going to be an extremely short podcast. And the person who I have this week is Josh Smith, the guitarist of the Sydney, Australia-based metalcore band Northlane. They have a new album out this year called Mesmer. It's honestly one of my favorite albums thus far for 2017. And we uh, we talk about the album. We talk about Mesmer and how uh, you know they went through the writing and recording process. They had a lot of bad experiences in their lives recently, so that's what influenced a lot of the 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 topics for the album. Uh, it's a fantastic album. It's very very moody, very rhythmic. It's heavy. It's it's melodic. It's 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 very in, but it swims naturally between all of that. It's not it's not in your face with any of it. It's very melodic and very funky and very just a lot of, lot of catchiness to it. And it's just a fantastic, fantastic album. So I definitely, 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 I'm going to say definitely one more time, definitely think you should go out and support North Lane and pick up that uh, new album. It's called Mesmer. It's awesome. So... You know, why, you know, why wait anymore? Let's get to the interview with Josh Smith from North Lane. Yeah, um, yeah, thanks for taking the time out to uh, chat with me. Not so good. Uh, where are you at right now? I'm in Melbourne. I'm, I'm at home. I just moved down here um, this week, and I'm just sitting outside in the, the morning sunshine and had a coffee, and, um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful day, man. Clear blue skies. Is it warm there? No. <laughs> well, not for Australia, but I'm talking like 18 degrees Celsius. So right. right, right, right. Pretty nice. <laughs> right. Sweater weather, but it's not cold. Yeah, here in uh, here in the States, here in Detroit, we're kind of transitioning from winter to spring. So one day it'll be warm, then the next day it'll be cold. So we don't even know what's going to happen. Man, <laughs> your guys' winters are brutal. I've, I've been there... I've been there one time for a show, and the whole city was shut down from a snowstorm. Right. I've never been that cold in my life. Like, it was <laughs> unreal, man. Right. That, yeah, that happens here. It's crazy, man. Uh, I'm really, yeah. I'm really, really enjoying the new album. Uh, it's like, there's, I listen to a lot of music, you know, and, and nobody thinks we're like, yeah. yeah, this is good. This is great. But I can honestly say that I fell in love with this new album. I like it that much. I love it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And you guys kind of surprised everybody, um, surprised your fans, and just sort of made it a surprise release. It was just like, boom, here it is. You know, you had a little countdown thing on your website, but you didn't say what it was. Yeah. Um, then you just kind of, you know, boom, here it is. It's out now. You had a couple of videos beforehand. Uh, why did you guys choose to yeah. go that route? Well, there's a couple reasons. I mean, firstly, every time we do a release, we try and do it differently. We try and 
um, you know, surprise our fans with, with a new way of releasing music. So, like, last record we did uh, some stuff, like we scattered a song in parts on the internet with a code um, that we gave to our fans. And um, by using the code, they could piece the song together. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we've done a lot of things, but, um, you know, we this time when we were thinking about how to release it, for a lot of reasons, we thought a surprise release would be a really cool idea. And, um, you know, like we, we are pushing ourselves every time to be creative in how we do it. But, but I felt like with this record, we wanted it to feel like a gift to our fans. Like, you know, we wouldn't have to make them wait for the record once they knew it was coming out. We could just go, here, here you go. Um, you can listen to the whole thing now for free if you want to. Um, because they have supported us for a really long time now. And, you know, I also wanted them to be listening to the record without any sort of preconceived notions about what it was going to be like. Because the, the record is quite diverse. So, it's, right. you know, picking singles for it was really hard. hard. Sorry, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, picking singles for it was, was really hard because, you know, there's songs on it that, like, I don't think any song reflects, like, the whole rest of the record. Oh, definitely, yeah, um, right. And, yeah, and if somebody hears the song, and it might not be to their liking, there could be songs on the record that are, but they might not even give it a chance because they've already got a preconceived notion of what it's going to be like. So I, I think by releasing it as we did, people went into the listening process with zero expectations, and um, for them, that's it's the best listening experience possible because they don't know what to expect. What has been the reception since you uh, released the record? It, it's been the most overwhelmingly positive reception to a release that we've ever had. And, like, it was really surprising for us because we're a very polarizing band. Like, everything we do is always met with criticism. Um, and, you know, that's probably got a lot to do with the fact that we're always evolving as a band we're always pushing our sound in, in new directions every time we write music it's a, it's a challenge for us to see what new elements we can add and, and how we can morph into something new every time and you know some people like that some people prefer for an act to just kind of build on what they've already done in a really formulaic way which works for some artists but it's it's not why we do it, but yeah, this time, like, overwhelmingly positive, way more than we anticipated, far better than we ever imagined, and um, we're really happy with it. What do you have to say to those people that maybe are critical of the direction that this band has gone, maybe citing that they prefer the sound of the early albums? Um, well, those albums are still available for them to listen <laughs> I, I don't. I, don't know I like that. I like about. that. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. We're not taking them off the internet. <laughs> that might be one of the best answers I've ever gotten to a question like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just don't get it, man. Because, like, here's the thing: like, a record to me is a snapshot in time of where the artist was in that moment and you can never recreate that you can never recreate 
what you went through in the writing process to give you the material that you had to write the songs. You can never create the mood that was in the studio when the performances were tracked down. You know, like all of these things are so timeline specific to like that moment that if you try and recreate that record ever again, you're going to fail. The only, the only like intelligent thing to do from our perspective is to see what new interesting things we can incorporate keeping in mind as a basis what people enjoyed from the last release. Right. Which is really prevalent in this one. Right. Um, I've recently had conversations with other bands, uh, you know, specifically like Kill Switch Engage or The Devil Wears Prada, oh, yeah. where um, they've had some personnel changes over the course of their uh, yeah. the band's career. You know, and when it comes down to it, it's like it happens, you know, life happens things change and there's always sort of like from the outside looking in this sort of bad stigma that's attached to when uh lead singers change or, or personnel changes how has the energy been yeah. since marcus came into the fold on vocals well you know it was it was really tough for us um like with the first record we did with Marcus, who we were kind of rushed into the studio, ill-prepared, and he wasn't comfortable. And the result of that was a record that not all of our fans were on board with. But now that we've released Mesma, a lot of these people have, have come back to us and said, like, we didn't really like Node, your last record, but really like this, like, as much as we prefer, like, as much as we like the old stuff, which is really cool for us. Um, it, I, I think like having a personnel change to, to us is just another challenge and it can go either way. You can try and recreate what you had in the past or you can write music to get the most out of the skill set that your singer has. Right. And, and that's what we've done with Marcus. Like we haven't tried to recreate what we used to do because his voice is not the same as what our old singer had. Um, but he's capable of, of so much more. And, and like, I, I feel like we, we kind of let him spread his wings on this release. Right. I, I think, like, you, you need to play everyone to their strengths. And, like, while it might alienate some old fans, like I said, they can still go listen to the old releases. No one's stopping them from doing that. <clears throat> I, I don't think um, attempting to get anyone to be someone they're not is ever a, a very good idea you know it's it, it's counterproductive right and definitely creatively this band has the sound of this band has evolved with marcus uh being on vocals now and just your general idea of of trying new things but uh on this on the new album uh, mesmer was there something unique that you felt while making this album that was different than all the previous releases well um <laughs> There was two key differences. The first difference was the amount of time that we had to prepare for it. So I don't think before this album we ever went into the studio feeling like we were ready to record the album that we'd been booked to do. Right. We'd always be writing like significant amounts of music at the last minute. And, you know, that's just like sometimes it works, but, you know, a lot of times you, you really need to flesh this stuff out over time. And that's what we did with Mesma. Like, we had about six months of writing time 
that was kind of broken up into two big blocks and um, we spent the first three months just like writing as many ideas as we could and then we went on a European tour and during that European tour we had 10 days off at a really nice studio on the Bavarian mountains called Ghost City Recordings yeah. and while we were there um, because we all live very far away from each other so we don't write in situ very often Right. Um, while we were there we kind of sat down with all the material we had and Pick the direction that we wanted to go with the record so we knew exactly what we had to do we even mapped out what every song was going to be so then when we went back for the last three months um, of writing we knew exactly what we had to do and we got to the studio pretty much with the whole record written and ready to go a lot of things definitely changed and, and that kind of brings me to the second key difference which is um, our producer David Bendeth was someone we'd never worked with before. Right. And, like, the the things that he paid such close attention to was something that we'd never had. Like, he's um, in- incredibly good at working with vocalists above everything else. So not only, like, getting them to kind of squeeze every morsel of emotion that they have out in their performance, but the way he helped us refine like the melodies in the songs and even the structures in some cases really made the album what it is um and and we never had that vocal centric focus before like for us in the past everything had always been about the music getting that right and then we would just throw vocals over the top and the song would be done but this time like we were changing parts to suit the vocal we were changing keys of songs to suit the vocal we were changing, like, altering structure so right. the biggest vocal lines kind of hit harder. And um, I, I think that w- was was one of, like, the, the real key changes with this record. There's a lot of small things that I could mention, too. Like, we used a lot more electronic instruments than we ever had before, yeah. and it's kind of laced through the record. And um, the other thing is we had a lot of really bad things happen to us in the writing process that definitely gave us the material that we needed to write an emotionally charged record. And that's something that's like, I, from a writer's perspective, it's really therapeutic. Um, it, it's painful, but I, I don't think... I, like. I don't really think you can go to those sort of places without having um, some, like, hurtful life experiences happen to you. Right. In regards to, you know, going into the studio with uh, with David Bendeth, you know, uh, once you brought this material to him and you went to the studio with him, what was, you know, some of the first things that he said or made you guys do, you know, what was sort of his method of operation to get, you know, get things going for you guys to do the best possible record that you guys could do? Well, um, so just to give you a bit of background, we, we did the record, uh, Barbershop Studios, which is at Lake Opacom in New Jersey. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Okay. And it was just after summer, so there wasn't anyone there. Like it, it was just the people that lived in the town, really quiet. We had this big house, like right on the lake. It was beautiful. Um, the first day, David um, picked us up from our house, 
and took us down to the marina where he has his own speedboat moored <laughs> and um, bought a shitload of beer and just <laughs> drove us out onto the lake and just made us drink all day. It was a, um, and he was just talking to us. That was his first day was just getting to know us and just getting us really drunk and seeing how we pulled up the next day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's where it kind of kicked off. Like, it, he, he really wanted to get to know us. And then when we got into the studio the second day, um, he sat us all down and he said... Um, he, he threw an object onto the floor. I think it was a Coke can. And he said you guys need to pick this up together as a team and you can't use your hands. So it was like a teamwork exercise to see yeah. how we operated as a band and we failed. Um, but straight after doing that, he just pointed out what all the like power-based relationships are in our band, like all of our personal idiosyncrasies and how everybody feels about what their role is. And I never had anyone spell that out to me before. Right. I never had anyone kind of tell us who we are from an outsider's perspective and actually know what they're talking about. Um, it, it, pretty much like that second day, he just spent breaking us down and like revealing all of our insecurities, um, which <laughs> which was brutal. Like Marcus started crying. Like I'd never seen him cry before ever. Wow. He broke Marcus down into an absolute mess in the space of about half an hour. And he just started talking about all of these things that had happened to him that I didn't even know about. Um, and that, that was kind of David's modus operandi is like breaking people down to build them back up into a more confident musician, more confident person. And like the change that I've seen in Marcus has been absolutely remarkable. He's like a different person now. Um, that's where he got all the confidence from, really, was, was like David um, studied a fair bit of psychology and he, he kind of um, he likes to really get deep within people's, um, within their psyche and, and, and get them figured out so he can, he can build them back up again and, and help them address whatever their um, emotional shortcomings are. Great. No, that's not, that sounds, uh, that sounds amazing. Would you guys, do you think this experience, uh, do you, do you feel like a, you know, a better band, a closer band after that? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like you, you can't go through a process that difficult and not come out feeling like that. And it was hard for everyone. Like the guys just so brutally on us. To give you an example, the, the one thing that sold us on using David, because like, we wanted to work with a new producer. I think it's important for a band to do that every few records. Right. Because it, you know, it stops you from repeating yourself and gives you fresh creative direction. Um, we had a few conference calls with a couple of different producers, and um, we got David on the phone. He asked us how many songs that we'd written. And we said, oh, got like nine songs pretty much finished instrumentally. And he goes, instrumentally? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and we were like, oh, well, we haven't, 
we haven't finished the vocals for any of them except like one. And he's like, well, then you have one song. <laughs> That's the kind of guy he is. Like just super brutal. Like, you know, we'd be about to track a melody and he'd go, this sucks. We need to rewrite it. Like, this is a three out of 10 for me. He would say shit like that. <laughs> he, he made Nick um, play a song on his first day, he made him play like um, one of the songs that we've been playing forever. Brought him back into the control room to listen to it and said, um, how do you think you went? And Nick's like, oh, I think I played it pretty well. And he's like, no, you didn't. These are all the things you did wrong. You need, oh, he, he made Nick tell him everything. Like, oh, you're rushing there. You're dragging here, you know. Right. Pointed all these things out to him. Not... Not many producers will do that. They'll kind of just work with whatever level of talent they have and then use studio magic to kind of cover all the shortcomings of the artist. But David does not do that. He, he does not, like, allow for a subpar performance to go on record and he won't cover up for you. Right. You mentioned that, you know, during the songwriting process around the, all this time leading to this album, there was some, uh, you know, some crazy stuff that happened in your guys' life. You know, going through everything with David, uh, you know, how he was working with you guys, were you able to effectively, you know, get out all those things that you were feeling going on in your lives on the record? Yeah, man, it was, it was very therapeutic. It was very hard, but it was very therapeutic and, um, you know, I'm I'm proud that we could channel our energy for good into the way that we did. And, and we've had people contacting us about some of these songs going like, I went through something similar recently. This really moved me. Thank you for writing it. Um, so, it, you know, it, it, it's like, it's like a negative life experience that has now been captured in time and allows people to relate to it. And, and like, I guess that that's another key difference to this record is we've never written about so many personal things before um our, our band had always been about like global issues and and the psychedelic experience and, and kind of finding out who you are um and on, on this record we we told a lot of really personal stories which is something really new but we weren't we didn't feel afraid to to kind of go there right. What would you say are some of the some of these themes that you're trying to uh, express on this album that are so personal? Well, I mean, Fade is a song that was written about Marcus's father passing away from an overdose. Um, Viridian was about me watching my grandmother slowly die um, of old age, which is one of the hardest things I've ever had to bear witness to. Right. Um, we lost one of our best friends while we were writing this record, Tom Sell, which is what Paragon's written about. Um, and, and like Heart Machine, for example, Marcus and I both experienced a breakdown of some pretty long-term relationships while we were in the studio recording, and that's what that song's about. Um, you know, so the... There's, there's quite a lot of things that happened. There, there, there was a lot more things that happened that we didn't even write about. 
Like, I think I lost five people close to me between starting and finishing this record. Wow, wow, that's that's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's <laughs> was, pretty tough. It wasn't easy, man. Yeah, um, when you kind of when you kind of you know now that the record's out and you kind of look back at you know what you guys were able to do in the studio, all the all the hard stuff you had to go through, you know, do you, you know do you look back and are you amazed at what you were able to put out? I mean, I'm not amazed because I I know what the process was and I know how we got the end product. I know what we did to get there, but I'm I'm definitely proud of it. I'm I'm proud that we can channel our energy for good, and I'm proud that something good came out of a bad situation because I think like really the one of the keys to to happiness in life is how you channel the energy you receive and, and what you do with the situations that you dealt with, you know, what, what your reaction is to a situation you can't control always determines the outcome. And, you know, you can wallow in, in pity or you can channel whatever energy that you have for good. And, you know, for us as artists, we feel like we have a responsibility because we have this platform that we can share whatever we want to with our audience. And for us, like, we kind of have a responsibility to use that for good, we feel. So whether it's talking about global issues or personal issues, whatever we say to us has to have a lot of substance and it has to be said for the right reasons. Right. You know, going back in you know, um to when you know, whenever, uh what what first got you into uh wanting to be a musician? Was there a particular band, a song, some sort of experience? You know, what got you into all of this? Well I started playing guitar really young. I think I was like eleven and um I was really bad when I started. Like I was ter- <laughs> I was a terrible student, man. And um like a really slow learner, but I tried hard. And um, my guitar teacher effectively said to me, like, I don't want to teach you anymore because you're learning too slow and I've got all these other kids that want to learn and just not see much progress from you, so you're not getting lessons with me anymore. That was the motivation (laughs) that (laughs) led me to start practicing heaps and and trying to get as, as you know as good as I can um, it was kind of the kick up the ass that really drove me into playing guitar. And then I had a lot of friends at school that I used to jam with, um, and you know we used to jam at lunch times and like on the weekends and stuff in my friend's garage. And it was always something that I did like my whole life. I'd always been in bands. Um, when North Lane came along, like it started off really, really humble beginnings. Like I, I found this, um, I was looking for a new band to play in and, yeah. um, it was like just searching through MySpace and I found, um, like this band that had a song recorded and it was done by 
the other guitar player and the bass player, they were the only two members at the time and got in touch with them and ended up joining with, you know, what, what our first lineup was. And maybe about two or three months into us actually being a band, we kind of sat down and said, look, like, we spent a lot of time doing this, um, but, you know, if we're going to do it, we, we're going to take it all the way because otherwise all this time and energy isn't really worth it. If it only takes 10% more to, you know, give this 100% instead of 90, right. that's going to be what the whole difference is. So we're going to push this as far as we can. And, and you know, ever since then, we've we've known exactly where we're going and, and um, always been working at, being the best musicians we can be and writing the best music we can, being the best band we can be. It was a, it was a decision for us made at like a really early stage. Right, right. What was what was the first, uh, you know, concert you went to? The first concert I went to? Yeah. Uh, it was Slipknot. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think I was 13. Right. Maybe 12. I was fucking young, like, way too young to go to a Slipknot show. I went there with my mates, like, <laughs> we had the best time ever. It was Slipknot, and and they were supported by Hatebreed. All right, And all I right. think it was it was just after Perseverance came out. Okay. Um, I, I loved both those bands. Like, I I grew up listening to metal. Like, I was a metal kid. Right. Um, And, like, I'm the only one in my band who... And, like, I used to love, like, Slayer and Exodus, Anthrax, like, all, all those sorts of bands. And I loved Slipknot. Um, and, yeah, it, it, watching them play was awesome. Right. That's, no, that's dope. I, I, I love seeing Slipknot live. It's, it's, it, they're, they're definitely on their own level. Yeah, it's, it's an experience, that's for sure. Right. What I, and what I love about Northlane is that you guys really take time with your uh, visuals. Um, the, the music videos are really um, vibrant. Um, looks like your, you know, your stage shows when you're on tour are very vibrant. There's you know, definitely really specific visuals going on, um, especially with you know, what you guys wear and everything. Kind of talk about you know, what goes into the visual aspect of this band. Well, we think that art is a holistic experience and, and, you know, if you're providing more than one medium um, for whatever the the listener's experience is, you need to address every facet of what you're presenting. So if they're listening to music through a music video, the video has to match the music and be just as good. Right. Otherwise, it's not going to do the music justice. And I I think like live that applies as well. It's an experience. Like, we, we, we kind of picked the kind of band we were. We weren't going to be like a, um, a band that relies on, on gimmicks to kind of present an exciting live show. And, you know, we're not a band that relies on crowd involvement to put a show on. We want to put something on that's just going to amaze people for however long we're we're on stage for lack of better word. We, we just want to kind of blow them away with, with the visual aspect that matches the music as, as best we can and provide like a, 
a holistic experience. That's, that's what it's about for us. Like we we use a lot of like LED screens and visuals and stuff like that and production techniques that aren't super typical for the kind of music that we play. Right. Um, it's the, the kind of stuff we go for. Like normally when bands get the production budget that we've had on some of these shows, they'll go straight for like CO2 cannons and pyro <laughs> and stuff like that. We go for like crazy LED visuals and like UV lights and stuff like that. I'd, I'd rather be, I'd, I'd rather give like a, an experience, like a, a band like tool, you know, that that's the kind of thing that, that we're, we're aiming for. Obviously we want to be our own thing, but that's the kind of live experience that we aspire to deliver. Right. Definitely. And, that whole holistic experience is something that I did notice on this uh, new uh, record, and it kind of goes back to what we originally talked about about why you, uh, why you guys, you know, did this whole surprise approach to this new record. Um, when I when I listen to Mesmer, it's like I don't have to put in a lot of work listening to it. I can just let it happen, and I feel like there is a bit of a holistic experience to it. So. That's something that I definitely feel like you guys do well. Okay. I've, I've never had someone say that to me before, but thanks, I guess. <laughs> it's like, because I can, I listen to a lot of music, and, and there could be, like, an album where it has, like, two or three songs where I'm like, yeah, these are awesome. And the re- and, and then makes you, me you not... got to force yourself through the rest. Is right. that what you're saying? Right, you force it. Like, but this album, there is definitely songs that stick out to me. But then yeah. they're linked to other songs that are just as strong to the point where, okay, I can listen to the other songs too after I, you know, yeah. while I'm listening to it. And that's what I liked about it. it. There's not a lot of work that goes into listening to this album. And that's what I loved about it so much. Okay. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> that's cool. No one's ever said that to me before. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. What, and what I also noticed, and especially with this, the release of this album, is that you guys were very in touch with your fans via social media and you, yeah. you use it really well. You know, how has that helped the progression of this band? <laughs> Hugely. Like, social media is a direct point of contact with our fans, the people that allow us to do what we do with our lives. We're nothing without them. So I, I think getting them as involved as, as possible is, is super important because they need to feel like they have ownership. They need to feel important because they are. And, and they need to feel like they can reach out to us if, if they want to. So I, you know, we always respond to people, but um, some of the ways that we involved them this time was was um, pretty cool. Like we, we had a, a chat bot. I don't know if you know about that, but yeah. before the record came out, we had this like, programmed AI chatbot um, and if people messaged us on Facebook it would lead them down this rabbit hole with like all these clues about the record and <laughs> a lot of like a lot of red herrings as well to come. right take them off the center of the trail um, and there's like there was a thread on Reddit with like 
hundreds of different responses and like what they got when they typed that in. Right. Um, Cause they like, I guess like one of the things that we try to do as a band is to get people to think like we want our lyrics to be thought provoking. We want, you know, um, we want them to have like emotional intelligence. And, you know, I, I think like a lot of our fans really relish the challenge and they, they relish um, the opportunity to kind of delve a little deeper into what we're giving them. And the chatbot was a cool way to do that. Um, you know, it was, we, we always kind of make them go after something when we release something new. And that, that was something really cool for me. Um, but yeah, like going back to the point, like I, I think social media is, a, is an awesome gift. Like it's great to be directly in touch with our fans and, you know, if it's there, you need to use it as much as you can. You've been given this medium. You need to make right. the most of it. And, and like, you know, bands do it all in... They have different ways of doing their social media thing and, like, different ways that kind of works with their audience and the kind of stuff that works for us is um, provoking thought, I think. Great. And kind of uh, to wind down this interview, uh, I, I did see that you guys uh, are going to be uh, on a pretty extensive tour uh, coming up, and I see that you're going to be doing a, a string of Canadian dates. Are you guys going to be hitting the U.S. at all? Yeah, we're planning on coming to the U.S. later in the year. Sweet, sweet, sweet. That's good. Yeah, what, can't wait. When you guys are on the road, what do you guys do to stay busy when you're not playing shows? Um... I do 90 minutes of yoga every day, um, and then I try and find the best coffee near me. I'm a huge coffee fiend. Oh, my God. Um, that sounds like so my life right my now. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? That sounds like my life right now. Just before uh, uh, just before we uh, started talking, I just came from yoga class, and then I was at a coffee oh, shop no earlier. Oh, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to hang out when, when I'm in Detroit, man. you got to show me all the spots. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, man, I, I'm a big yoga guy, man. It, it, I'm, I'm yeah. in a better mood today what? talking with you just because I went to yoga before talking with you. What, what kind of yoga do you practice? Um, I mainly do more of the sort of uh, gentle, you know, yin yoga. Um, I have, oh, okay. I have uh, sort of uh, stepped up to like the hot vinyasa yoga that's a little bit more up-tempo. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been doing that recently. I finally like took the leap uh, into that. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the like Bikram. Um, yeah, but I I do vinyasa on tour. Bikram's like kind of based on that, but it's like the really hot 90 minute one. That's that's my shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The is awesome as well. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't spent enough time doing it because I I like intense things. <laughs> right. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do the hardest thing I can. But, yeah, that's rad, dude. Yeah, yeah, and I bet, yeah, I bet doing yoga on, on tour does uh, does help you stay loose and everything because you're always, like, oh, driving man. around like and it, stuff. It puts me in the best mood, and, like, I enjoy the shows more. It's great. And I, I don't get, like, back pain and stuff. It's It's the best thing ever. Right, shoot. When I go when I go to concerts, I like to go to a yoga class before, and I la- and I last longer at the concerts. I feel a lot better to enjoy everything now. Yeah, well, I, dude, if if I don't do yoga, like 
I get the most insane back pain and like sometimes I oh my I get like pinched nerves in my neck and stuff because obviously playing a show is pretty full on on your body and then you know if you're loading gear in and out there's that too and then getting thrown around a bunk all night like <laughs> it's it takes its toll and you got to take care of your body but um, it definitely helps me man. And I don't have to worry about warming up as much for the show because I already am. Right. Um, but it's yeah, it it definitely keeps me grounded and makes me a way more pleasant person to be around. <laughs> I totally totally get that, man. All right, Josh, it's been great. <laughs> it's been great talking with you, man. Um, if anybody wants to, you too, uh, man. If if anybody wants to check out uh, what's going on with North Lane online, where where can they go? Uh, best place is just our socials or they can go to northlaneband.com. So our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter and northlaneband.com. Awesome, awesome. It's been great talking with you, man. And hopefully I'll be you able too, to man. Hopefully I'll be able to get to a show. Uh if uh if yeah, not well, Yeah, if not in, dude, in when, the US, I might try to come to the one that Ontario shows in uh Canada. Yeah. If you ever want to come to a show, just get in touch with our people and they'll sort it out for you, man. Oh, definitely, definitely, man. Yeah, it's been a good time talking with you, man, and uh, good luck with everything. You too. Thank you very much, man. All right, no doubt. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was my interview with Josh Smith, the guitarist from North Lane. Super cool guy. Like I said before, go ahead and support North Lane. Go check out that album. You can go check it on out on uh, on Spotify. You can go buy the album. Just you know, just uh, Google North Lane Mesmer. It'll come up. Listen to the album. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I'll say it one more time. I guarantee you. You will like it. It's a good album. And like I said earlier. No discussion portion of the uh, podcast. I think I need to come up with a name for this a discussion portion. Uh, when I first brought V-Styles on, on, on board for this, I was going to call, call that segment Knuckle Up. But I don't know if I want to do that because I'm gonna, I, I have a bunch of different plans in the works for other episodes and whatnot. So I want to try to bring some more continuity, some you know, some branding, some names, you know, kind of be able to kind of, you know, solidify and, you know, have all these sections be a little bit more, all these segments, have, you know, have their own sort of life. So I'm going to think about a name for, for, the, for, the, for the section that me and V-Styles do every week, talking music, MMA, pro wrestling. Sometimes we talk boxing. Sometimes we talk about life shit. Whatever. But anyway, for all of you listening here in the States, have a happy and safe Memorial Day weekend. Don't drink too much. Don't eat too much. Have fun. Be responsible. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Fresh is the Word. Fresh is the Word.